0: like page. And okay, you- I'm already on there. I'm just waiting. got to refresh it. <laughs>
1: okay. Hey, Google. Play Corinne Hawthorne. Hey, Google. Play Corinne Hawthorne. Sure. Here's a Pandora station called Corinne Hawthorne Radio. Hey, guys. says tuning in. We need you to share. Come on, Google. Hey, Google. Play Corinne Hawthorne. All right, here's a Pandora station called Corinne Hawthorne Radio. It's just gonna keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google. Pl- continue playing. Cause I had it playing. There you go. <laughs> hey guys, that's tuning in. We need you to share, share, share. Good evening, good evening. Mm -hmm. Isn't this a perfect song? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're just talking about this. Yes, Lord. This one of my favorites, too. Share, share, share. Won't he do it? He said he would. So we're just in right all time again.
0: Hey guys, thanks for sharing,
1: Robin you
0: know, Hey it back
1: in line all the time, cause he's always listening. Ain't nobody everybody's you to share, share, share. Anybody tell you something different, you know that's a lie. You
0: won't look back and be so amazed. How it turned out is only his grace. He said he would.
1: So it's just in that old time.
0: You see what the enemy planned for my downfall.
1: I see the sharers, thank you so much Thank you guys for tuning in, we're going to be starting momentarily Thanks for sharing guys Thanks for sharing guys you not know that's a lie You will look back and be so
0: amazed. Oh, only his praise Why do it? You doing? He said he would So I trust him at all times
1: You said he would So I trust him at all times All times all times all right, guys. We're going to get started. Thank you, guys, for sharing. Continue to share, share, share. Those who are tuning in, we are so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I really am. I'm so excited because Danielle Houston, aka Danielle Rodwell, is a childhood really <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> high school. We go back from what went the school? 2001. And we graduated in mm-hmm. 2005, mm-hmm. literally from the the high school of the creative and performing arts. So I'm yeah. so excited because mm-hmm. it's literally been years since I've actually seen her, even though we've yeah. been through social media. But this woman of God right here is, is a jewel and a gem to my life. And I'm going to start really quickly. Um, I feel like I'm introducing her for her to preach or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> seriously, but it's so true because uh, she truly... God used her at a young age, um, even in Danielle's youth. Danielle was was one of those people that God anointed even in her childhood. Um, and, and she was such a pillar to us. We had a gospel choir in high school and Danielle was like so on fire for Jesus. Like literally she was on fire for Jesus. And literally I can remember, I can recall this day we were in choir and it was at the school. It was like um, the gospel choir. Danielle had put together the gospel choir, um, you know, and we were like going out, singing out, and we was having rehearsal and literally, I remember we went into like a worship, like Mm -hmm. like, a worship and we was at school and we were supposed to be out of school, but we was there in worship literally for like two hours. Like literally, yes, (laughs) the whole room. He penetrated the whole room, and I remember I wanted to be free. And I'm gonna be honest, because I'm, I'm very transparent. I I was molested at seven years old, and because of the molestation, the spirit of homosexuality tried to creep up on me, try to attach itself to me. I've never acted in it, you know, but I had those faults. Because the enemy is a clear enemy to us. And because, you know, of me being molested and this spirit coming in and me not knowing how to fight or even know what it was, you know, certain things used to try to happen. But God covered me and protected me. But I remember that day, Danielle prayed over me and literally because I cried out to the father and said, this is what I want to be free from Ever since that day, I was free from that spirit of homosexuality. I never never acted on it, no anything, but it still was attached to me. It was assigned to me. And so literally I say, thank you, woman of God, for being obedient, you know, to the Holy Spirit. Even at such a young age, a young age, Um, healing and delivering um, anointed is literally on your life. It's a mandate on your life. It's a call on your life, literally, and God used you even in your youth to literally to be a vessel, a pure vessel, Um, even with the the different things of like teachings, I've learned about healing and deliverance and demonology, even from you from a young age, you were like one of the first people, seriously, that i the Lord used to actually help me and to cultivate me. And so I come back to say thank you because we never really even talked about this. I'm just telling you now, but literally this was something that had happened and I never forgot about you. i never forgot about that experience that encounter, because that was the first time that I actually truly encountered the whole, like the Holy spirit in my life, even though, you know, I grew up in church and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, even though I left for a short period, well, a long period of time and went to Islam. But for the 19 years, you know I, of me growing up in christianity that was the first time that i had an encounter so i'm not going to delay or hold it um danielle you can introduce yourself guys you are tuned into the dope girls Trade podcast i'm your host Kamisha h and our guest speaker tonight for testimony tuesdays is um danielle um houston i keep wanting to call you right well i'm so sorry she's married now y'all so go ahead danielle you can introduce yourself and then we're just going to dive right in
0: all right all right
1: i think your camera is frozen hold on one second <laughs> your camera can you just you hear it. me. I can hear you, but your screen is black. Here we go. I'm having a. You, can you hear me? I can hear you, but it's uh, like kind I of what the is thing. Going on here. the Jesus. It's the enemy. One second you guys.
0: All right. All right. Give me one moment to switch my Okay. I wanna go on my hotspot cuz I don't know what's going on with this.
1: Okay. All right guys, hold on one second. gonna come back in I need you guys that are watching to pray 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 because the enemy does not want for her testimony to come out or what God is going to do but we shall have victory so I need you guys to pray type in the comment section you're praying let us know that you're praying Yeah, I don't know what happened. The whole time before we didn't have any issues, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's the enemy. I told you, but it's all right. We plead the blood of Jesus. So go ahead right. and introduce yourself, Donnie, and just oh. you can just go into your testimony.
0: Okay. So, um, as Kamisha said, I'm Danielle, uh, affectionately known as Donnie, as she calls me. <laughs> but uh, the first thing I want to say is this was my our first time like kind of talking about high school, so that just made me very emotional <laughs> just Aww, listening to you talk absolutely. about it it really did i'm like praise god because um you don't even know i actually i needed to hear that so that that's something that i needed to hear so I, I thank god for uh, being able to hear that from you and just all that he's done in my life at such a young age, at yeah. such a young age. yes yes so i think um I guess a part of a lot of my story kind of takes place during that time of, of when we when we met and became friends in high school um even even before then so um just to give a little bit of, of who i am today i guess you could say i'm I'm a wife i'm a mother um uh, i sing unto the lord <laughs> and and uh, uh a business owner as well and um but even even before let me just say that um I guess the journey to getting here has not been the easiest journey and I have not arrived at all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking of what, what uh, the Lord would have me to share with you guys. Um, as I was joking with Kamisha a little bit earlier, saying like when people ask me to share my testimony, I often say, well, which one? You know, because <laughs> we could talk about, but I'm going to just let the Holy Spirit lead and uh, guide to kind of, allow me to share the things that he would have me to share tonight. So I want to start with one. Um so just growing up, I guess what was able to allow me to um to have that type of transformation um in my life as a teenager is kind of like where I where I started. So I grew up um I grew up in foster care. So I, I was adopted which is a blessing. So I was blessed to be with um the same family throughout my like years. A lot of other uh, foster kids, a lot of times unfortunately, foster children can be bounced around from home to home to home. But my brother and I, we were very blessed to be with the same family. One family. Um I I got uh in that way because at the time I, my parents were not able to uh care for us um in that way, you know, and uh I commend my mother for for being able to take a look at her situation and say you know uh, i'm not equipped to do this right now let me let me uh get some help so um my mother i love her dearly my biological mom she doesn't know what she means to me and i think um a lot of times kids in foster care um i've, I've been around other kids who at the time hated their parents mm. you know, really hated them for uh the circumstances of the things that happened but um, I can say I've never hated my parents. I've always loved my parents. I've always, um, it took me a while to understand like their circumstances and what led to, to um, us being in foster care, but um, I love them and I thank God for them. I thank God that they're, are, are they around today? You know what I mean? That I know them, that I have a relationship with them. But at that time, I uh, grew up They're similar to you, Kamisha, as far as I was also molested as a child. I was um, molested at—I had to be. It was before I was five. It was before I came into foster care. Wow. um, That happened with uh, a relative in a in a home, and one of my biological relatives, and uh, she was actually young as well. Like she wasn't an adult. Like you know what I mean? But uh, older than me, and that was the beginning of a lot of trauma in my life. That was the, the start of a lot of uh, things that are just out of order, <laughs> um, uh, things I had to unlearn, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and kind of like allow the Lord to show me what the right perspective is with uh, sexual things, uh, relationships and different things. Because as a child at that age, to have something like that happen to you, it confuses you a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: So it can really mess. It can really mess with you. So, but by the time uh, my brother and I were in foster care, I was about five. Um, it was my mother, my who I also call my mom. So you'll hear me reference two moms: my my mom, uh, my biological mom, and my adopted mom. My adopted mom, her name is uh, was Simonia. So she was the one who introduced us to Christ. Amen so when we came um she talked about a woman who was, who took us in as her own and you couldn't tell her we weren't her kids <laughs> you know what i mean that's the kind of experience we had with her um and just grew up in a we had a good solid family uh, acceptance um love all of that when we were Taken into into foster care, and then we got. By the time we got adopted, I was about. I think I was like thirteen. Mm-hmm. So after high school, <laughs> by the time I got to high school, literally, and I don't know if you know this. Freshman year, my adoptive mom had just passed.
1: Oh wow! She no. passed
0: in March of that year.
1: Wow. So
0: going into this experience thinking she was going to be around, she was going to be there. She had me since I was like five, you know, and, um, and I came into like high school, like off of like some traumatic event, like, you know what I mean? So um, I had a really hard time my freshman year of high school just transitioning. Um, After she passed, uh, her daughter adopted us um, um, who was my sister, but she's mom now too. <laughs> she's, oh, you know, yeah. she's uh, she's she's mom now too. So there, uh, so I like to say I had like three moms, <laughs> but to <laughs> me, I count that as a blessing, you yeah. know. Because um, I get I got to have experiences with all of them that I value. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, but I came into high school with just angry, actually, because I remember having conversations with friends in high school wow. who. By the time they got to know me like maybe sophomore year they told me what they you know i asked them, what did you think of me my freshman year they said you were just angry like you know you were you were very judgmental you were very you know just like just hard and i came from you know i came from north philly coming into this school that's like mixed with like <laughs> Yeah. Like all these different experiences and different people, hair co- dyed this color and that color. It was like a whole new experience for me. Yeah, we
1: all we were all bad. People probably won't believe this, but I was terrible in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy can attest to that. I was bad.
0: You were spicy. You weren't bad. <laughs> <But> <laughs> But, um, yeah, my freshman year was, like, a little rough. And I think I being I grew up in church, and I was very um, – it took me a long time to kind of admit that I'm like, oh, yeah, I was churchy. Because back then I didn't think I was churchy, but I really was. So I had this, like, really rough defensive exterior, but also being real churched, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I was really big on, like, evangelism and stuff like that. But my delivery, especially my first year of high school, my delivery was, like, really harsh, you know. So I remember having people like, like like why would you say that like, like it's true you don't know jesus you're going to hell like, you can't, just come, like you, know I mean? you can't just come out you can't come from that perspective like you know what i mean so i had to learn like how to say things in love and i couldn't learn that until i realized that i didn't have to fight all the time like you know what i mean because i came from an environment of believe it or not and people look at me now and the way i behave they don't know. Like I say all my life I had to fight. I had to fight a lot, like physically fight yeah. because I grew up in a neighborhood where people would attack you yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know, for being different, for being timid, for like not looking like them, not dressing the way they dress, not speaking like them. Like you had to constantly defend yourself. So it was times where I could be just playing with my brother and somebody would say, I don't like your hair and just hit you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, like, coming from that environment, coming into a high school where people do not behave that way. Right. Very, like, perceived. It's like, ooh, what's wrong with her? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, the Lord definitely he did a transformation. He worked on me. I, I I just wanted to, even at that age, 14, I was really pursuing God. So, of course, and I, and I know this and believe this, and we know this to be true. As you pursue Christ, he will... He will prepare you Like You know what I mean He'll fix those things So even then Even though my delivery was off Even though I was like Kind of like really um, harsh with it Because I had a desire for God And I had a heart for God He started to soften me up And allow me not to be as defensive Mm -hmm. Now, granted it took years and years for me to really not be really defensive. <laughs> but, but he still, you know, he made it so that I was uh just you know being softer and softer and, and more more loving my deliverance because I really did had to ask why am I even telling people about Jesus? Because Christ loved them, I love them, and I want them to know the Jesus that I know. So I had to come yeah. from that perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. That so I think that took that took some some. Some time, and I I feel like that's like a lifelong lesson because you're always learning to kind of like love people. You're learning. You're always learning to love people.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Let me interject for a second Mm -hmm. because I've experienced that same thing. I'm. I could be relatable with you with that because Islam made me like that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because Islam was based off of Old Testament, so everything was law, 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 Mm -hmm. law, and so I was so judgmental I was so harsh like even with Muslims you know if you know they were known to be open centers like I wouldn't sit with them you know Mm -hmm. or I would admonish them you know and in my mind I didn't think that like I was coming across like hard or anything Mm -hmm. you know I'm thinking I'm just speaking the truth even if it be against me But later when I came out of the slam, people said it. It was like, Kamisha, you were really like harsh. Like, you know, and in my mind, I'm not thinking it. I'm just thinking, you know, This is what we're supposed to believe, and you know, we say that we believe this This is how we're supposed to be. And I'm just giving the reminder, you know, as the religious says, surely the reminder benefits the believer and annoys the hypocrites. And Mm -hmm. so, literally, you know, that's how my brain was trained. It was like I was brainwashed, you know, and I was harsh. I was the same way, you know, if you wasn't a Muslim, you were going to hell to the point I would teach my kids this. And one time, my kids Mm -hmm. said it to my grandma, they were like, you know, you're not a Muslim, you're going to hell, you know, and and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like what did I do? And I thank God now mm-hmm. that, you know, my kids, their minds are not like that. But, you know, it that's what bondage does, you know, because yeah. it's really a part of bondage and that's what bondage does. Like, it keeps you so entrapped and it makes you not be able to see. You know, that's mm-hmm. really what bondage is. You can't see and you can't hear. And so literally, you know, when you can't see, this is why you operate like that. And so, It took for me to come out of Islam to find Christ, to find mercy. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I I found Christ, you know, that's when I became merciful because that's what I was missing. I was like, Paul, you know, I was knowledgeable already. I knew the languages already. You know, I Mm -hmm. could recite things from memory already, but I lacked mercy. I didn't have Mm -hmm. the mercy you know, to deal with the people. It was just like, okay, you're this way. Then you stay over there and don't stand in my presence. And that was so bad. And so Mm -hmm. I had to literally, when I came back, I had to go back and apologize to some Mm -hmm. people, you know, literally because I was like, at the end of the day, I wasn't displaying the love of Christ. And even when I came back to Christianity, you know, I had to get the, the, the baptism of love, you know, so that way I could actually love people even in like their condition, because the Bible says we mm-hmm. wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against higher principalities. And so I had to get the baptism of love so that I can actually love the people because there's a difference between love and mercy. You know, anybody can be merciful, but can you still love people, you know, yeah. and of you know, at the same time, and that's what Christ did, even all the way up to the cross when he was beaten yeah. and everything, he still loved them, he still displayed the love of, of himself, you know, which was the love of Christ. And so, that's what a lot of us, and I'm sorry to go on to tangent, we back to your testimony, no, but, no. <laughs> but, but that's what a lot of us are missing as Christians we're missing the love of Christ, you know, we've mastered, you know, memorizing the 66 books. We've mastered being the good usher. We've mastered being, you know, the good deacon and and the good trustee and and all that stuff. We could count the money and we can do some but. hmm, We see so many bad representations though, you know, within those Mm -hmm. auxiliaries of people, they don't have the love of Christ and it pushes people away where Jesus, always wanted the people to draw you know themselves to him and that's why he displayed that love of himself you know so that we too can take after you know his characteristics so we can draw the people to us so go back to yeah yeah no i agree <laughs> that was good i was like no keep going that was good <laughs> yeah.
0: so like um yeah I had, to, I had to learn how to i guess how to love people and now i can say well, I used to say this real bully, like, "Oh, I love it. I love everyone. I like everyone." It's really hard for some for me to dislike a person, which I do stand by. It's it's difficult for me to dislike a person because, and now it's difficult for me to be very judgmental because when this is how this is one of the things that'll break up a judgmental person oh, when wow. that person finds themselves doing the very thing that they judge people for. Jesus. Like when you find yourself messing up in the same ways that you turned your nose up at people then you see like, and you, you want that mercy for yourself. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So for me, I feel like a lot of, like, even now, like, a lot of my friends just over the years have always told me they're comfortable telling me stuff. They're comfortable uh, confiding about certain things because I'm not going to judge you because chances are I've probably been there, done that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I've needed that mercy and I've needed that grace. Like, you know what I mean? So I kind of, I, I, that's something where I feel like um the Lord has worked, worked on me you know, with over time. So um, I guess uh, just just thinking about all the ways in which the Lord has kind of like protected me, I guess you can say, because even with, you know, when you, even like you, me, any other person who is, the Lord has some type of mandate on your life has called you to do something. And people, sometimes they'll look at you and they'll say like, oh, uh, you might look at somebody and want their anointing, but you don't right. know the story you. <laughs> You know you. And what type Amen. of stuff they had to go through to get them to that place doesn't mean that person is perfect, but just like the, the, the drama, the trauma, the different experiences. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, so, um, just one of the things that, that I guess stands out to me when I look back, I think of like all the things that God has done, all the ways he's kept me. I don't know if you remember when we were in high school, um, they they did this article to talk about being safe, like safety when you're out and, and doing things. Um,
1: yes, I remember one, that. Mm-hmm.
0: One testimony I have <laughs> is when I was, I think we were in tenth grade. Yeah. Um, I survived a rape
1: attempt.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna share a little bit of this story and just talk about the grace, and goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience that I, experiences that I have had. I feel like sometimes um, people come, me and my husband talk about this all the time. My husband will say, my husband has a perspective of, uh, of this is just a very, I'm going to give a summary. This is not his only perspective, mm-hmm. but he sees God as like the one who like keeps you from, from harm, which as you mm-hmm. should see God from that way, my, we have different experiences. My experience is, that God will keep you even if you are harmed. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that stays with you. Right. um, Even when, when the unthinkable happens to you. Yeah. Right. Now we both agree with both statements because sometimes that can be, that can, uh, having that perspective for me can sometimes make me not understand that God is both of those things. Mm -hmm. Like, does keep you. He keeps certain things from happening. But then he also, when those when those devastated thing things do happen, he also uh brings you closer to himself. He gets you through it. He's there with you. Right. right. So when I was like I guess like 15, I was walking, I was coming from school and mm-hmm. I lived up in the east. So I was getting off the bus and I had um I had my headphones on. I think that was like the whole story about why you shouldn't walk. Yeah, he listen, yeah. you know where this so I did see this guy so I got off the bus and I'm only like the bus stops only like two blocks from my house I'm walking towards my house and this guy's walking the same direction I'm aware of him I see him he just i have no reason to think that he's just not walking the same direction I'm walking um but I noticed he started to pick up pace a little bit and he was getting closer so then he asked me a question I took my headphones off and he's like um I don't even know what he asked me. He made up some question like he was asking for directions. Before I knew, it, he was had his hands in his pocket, told me he had a gun and I need to do what he says. And you know, so I literally took everything off. And at this point, it was the grace of God that I remained calm because inside I was like,
1: what? <laughs> like
0: you know what I mean? But right. um what's happening. I don't know what, it had to be Holy Spirit, but I was just really calm, and I was thinking that he really did have a gun, you know, so uh we walked behind, literally around the corner from my house, and it's not even, like, this crazy neighborhood, we moved by this time, like, you know what I mean, right. so um, we walked behind, like, it's kind of like a drive, uh, you know, like a drive through in the back of homes, it's not really an alleyway, it's bigger, but we walked back there, and he has me, like, cornered and I back all the way up so that he can't touch me. And he just right. starts, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm about to be robbed. I thought I was yeah. getting robbed. Cause my mind didn't even want to perceive that he wants something else. Like, you know what right. I mean? So um, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm about, to, you know, he wants my money. So I was like, well, you know, what do you want? I have a cell phone, I have $2 in my pocket and I have a CD player. Cause I had a portable CD player, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I, you can have all of this stuff. Just let me go. Right. And then, like, that's not what I want. So then I'm like, Oh my goodness. So in my mind, I'm like, this is really crazy.
1: Jesus. So
0: he says, he says, um, I don't want that. I want, he says he wants to have, you know, he first needs to tell me what he wants to do to me. Right? right. So then, um, I don't know if it was the North Philly in me <laughs> or what, but I was like, if you touch me, I, it's not going to be easy. We're going to, you're going to have a hard time. Like you will not touch me. I'm going to flip out on you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so if we engaged in conversation back and forth of him saying what he was going to do, making threats and me saying, if you come near me, this is what I'm going to do to you. You mm-hmm. know, and it got to a point where I didn't believe he had a gun in his pocket. Right. And I just did not have a gun. So I said, um, I think I started to say, I don't believe he have a gun. So he pulled out a screwdriver. Some like, I could still get cut with a screwdriver, like you know, right. damage. So at this point, when I feel like I've said all I could say, all I could do, because I was already like inwardly praying, I right. started crying out the guy while this man was standing there, and I just started praying. And then I was just like, "Lord, in the name of Jesus, rescue me from this situation." Yada yada yada. Yeah. I was just calling out the guy, calling out the guy. I, I was I wasn't even crying, but I was just praying. And then I started to pray for him. Wow, and, um, my God! He looked at me like I lost my mind. Like he was obviously he was out of his mind and he was under the influence of the, of the enemy. Yes. But when I started praying for him, he was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "He doesn't know he's under the influence of the enemy." Yada, yada, yada. Just started praying as the Lord gave me something to say. Gave me something to say. I so I started, like, passionately praying, asking God to rescue him, asking God to save him, asking God to do all that type of stuff. He literally, mm. <laughs> memory nice. he looked at me, he said I was crazy. He called me crazy. He threw wow. his phone down and he walked off. I so first, he, first he said, you could leave. And I said, you leave first. Cause I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to walk in front right. <laughs> So he left, I waited maybe five minutes. Then I finally looked out to make sure he was nowhere like visible. And then I got to my house, which is only like literally around the corner. And when my, uh, at the time, I, my older brother came to the door and he opened the door and I just collapsed. Just like, wow. <laughs> like I just, like, you know, like all, because I was holding in the whole time. Right. Like, and got through the whole thing and uh, literally God is good because that same day they caught him. Because I my went, God. I went to the station. I found his picture in a book of like people they were looking for, pointed them out. They picked them up like an hour later. Jesus. So like the Lord kept me and it was like um I was 15. When I was a freshman in college, that's when the trial happened because they kept mm. pushing the off. Right. I went to trial. I found out he had 10 victims and I was the wow. only one he did not successfully rape.
1: Wow. Jesus Everyone was
0: raped, violated, unfortunately, which is crazy. But right. Time, Cause
1: I remember you saying that it was like little kids too. Oh
0: yeah. Boys, girls, young ages. The youngest was 10 and I might've been the oldest, I think yeah. at the time I, think I was 15. And, and uh, I met some of the other victims. And then I remember being in court during the trial um, and the judge was asking the lawyer, well the judge asked me or the Lord why do they think that he didn't attack, like he didn't go through with me. And my lawyer was like, the lawyer, the attorney was like, Well, I've gotten to know Danielle, she's one tough cookie, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> and then my response was, it was the Lord. Like I said, yeah. it was the Lord Jesus saved me from that situation. That was only God. So even in that moment, the Lord was glorified, even in the courtroom. But you know I mean? yeah, so,
1: And you and you know what I'm hearing. Um, the Holy Spirit saying too He didn't count on meeting An intercessor Because mm-hmm. you you are an intercessor And that was intercession And it stopped him from Even being able to touch anybody else mm-hmm. You know because Had it been something I only God knows but had it been somebody else That he actually touched You know he probably would have just kept going From victim to victim to victim mm-hmm. Until you know grace ran out You know I don't know but literally what I heard the Lord say was because of intercession, because you interceded, you know, literally that's what stopped it. And it stopped him from being able to even touch anybody else. And that's only God can get the glory out of that. And, and, this, and you know, what else was so important that I hear the Lord saying? This is why it's so important that. We teach our children about who Jesus is and about mm-hmm. the power of prayer at a young age and not wait until people become adults. Because mm-hmm. what I find is with a lot of us with our parents and skills, and we're not mm-hmm. going left, we still stand on testimony Tuesday. Um, <laughs> we really don't, seriously, we really don't spend time with our children. We put education off. You know, on the teachers, we rely on the teachers and the daycares to teach our children. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us really don't, um, we don't, God help me, Holy Spirit, with the words, season my words with salt. We don't pick up the responsibility of a parent mm-hmm. and we kind of push it on to everybody else. We depend on the daycare to potty train our kids, we depend on the teachers to teach our children math, reading, and whatever other subjects that they're supposed to teach. And so, literally, what happens is sometimes as parents, with a lot of us, we shift our responsibility onto someone else when we are truly the first teachers. Yeah. As a parent, we're the first teachers. Now, I get we're living in a society where everybody can't stay home, everybody can't, you know, X, Y, and Z. I understand that. However, there are some things that it's just our responsibility to teach our children. Yeah. You get what I'm mean? saying? It shouldn't come yeah. from outside voices. It should start within a home, you know. And literally, even with talks about like what happened to you, parents don't talk to their kids like that no more, really. You know about um, the earphone things and, and and paying attention to your surroundings, you know, and stuff like that. And if something doesn't feel right, you know, walk away or anything or just in general, like are we talking about with, with prayer, you know, because there could be so many things and some things had to happen, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a part of our testimony, you know, because literally God is not going to give you this talk, give you something to talk about that you haven't experienced. And, you know, because healing and anointing is on your life, you know, this is why some things had to happen. Some things Mm -hmm. was like you couldn't avoid it. The Lord said it had to happen because one thing the Lord said to me and today literally, you can't um, walk in something that you don't carry. Mm -hmm. You can't use something that you don't carry. So if you never experienced, you know, trauma or certain things, you can't really operate in healing and deliverance. I need to know your backstory before you lay hands on me. You know what I'm saying? You know, Mm -hmm. what have you been through? You know, what have you overcame? You know, because that's literally, that's like the checklist, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. for anything that people walk in. You know, God is not going to give you something to talk about that you haven't experienced, but you find now, and I don't God help me, but you find now people they're trying to walk in things that they don't belong in. No, stay where the Lord told you to go because that's where you're going to see the most grace. That's yeah. where you're going to see it. You know, because yeah. but go ahead, girl, because I talk too much. So go ahead, no. keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the Lord, he just I mean, he definitely he's a keeper. <laughs> Let me say that. Yes, he is. Let me say that. So I guess just carrying it along because I kind of want to share like on a timeline. I guess um, yeah, go ahead. When I graduated from high school, I pretty much um, I was kind of on my own since like eighteen, pretty much. So I had um, I got into like uh, kind of like a, a argument with my with my about the mom at the time, uh, and I like literally the day before graduation, I had to leave my house. Mm. So like, I came into graduation, like really like undone. <laughs> but um, I had to leave my house. So um, uh, I stayed with my sister for like the whole summer. And then I ended up um, going going to college, right? So I get to college. Mind you, in high school, I was like an A student, like, you know, great GPA, like involved in all these activities and stuff like that. And I get to high school, I get to college and I do I do well my first semester but then I'm hit with a uh, really bad depression,
1: oh, right? Wow.
0: So I started to see the signs of it kind of started like my my last year of high school, like senior year, but I didn't know like what it was, like certain things started happening. I'm like, why am I oversleeping all, all of a sudden? I never oversleep, like, you know what I mean? Like there's different right. things. Um, I had, a, I guess it was a traumatizing year because I felt like I was thrust into adulthood without the supports that i thought i could have you know what i mean so um uh uh just like seeing my peers being brought to school with their with a mom and dad and i'm coming to school with like my sister and like you know um my my aunts or which which now i look back that's a blessing that i still had them like you know what i mean (laughs) but at the time i i felt like i was missing out on like these uh these uh Parents, but like you know, how I saw my peers, like kind of had parents there for them, and stuff like that, and just you know, just comparing um, where I was and, and the circumstances that I came from to the, my peers in school, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, I got to college, and I kind of was like, you know, thrust into adulthood, thrust into having all this responsibility, and not really having the stability that I needed at that age, you know, for from home or whatever, and. um and I, I found it very difficult. So mm. it got to a point where I would sleep. I would go to sleep at night and wake up the next day in the evening, mm. like <laughs> you wow. know what I mean. Um, and I was so depressed. I like my eating was off. Um, it got to the point where I literally had like a panic attack. I remember I was walking. The culminating event is. I was walking from um, from the cafeteria back to my dorm, and I had an a, a argument with a guy who I liked at the time, and we had like a falling out. And I remember always feeling overwhelmed with feelings of rejection. Like, yeah. I felt rejected by everyone. I felt rejected by my family, even though they didn't technically reject me. It was my feelings at the time. You right. Know? So I felt rejected because I was adopted. I felt, you know, every time I would get around, I would get around my biological family and and I would see their closeness and their relationship and how well they knew each other. And I would just burn with anger. No. <laughs> like, you know, like I would just like, we would have holiday events. My, my, my biological mom um, and my family, they would have stuff and, I, and me and my brother would come over and I would go sit out on the step and just cry. Because I, don't, I I don't have the bond that they have. You know what I mean? And even though I appreciate it and, and love the bond I had with my adopted family, I wanted it all. Like, you know, I wanted that bond, too. Like, you know, so um, I, I was battling rejection. I'm feeling rejected, uh, rejected by whoever the guy I was talking to at the time, uh, parents, just like, you know, family, uh, just feeling like I'm not good enough or why didn't why couldn't it work out for me in this way why didn't uh why is it my my family structure like that or why is it uh you know what I mean right kind of hurt? and it just piled on because you gotta think about everything You gotta think about the things I saw as a child like what was done to me as a child um the ex- experiences I had I I saw a family member try to kill herself like when I was a child yeah. Try to commit suicide and I was the one who had to call the police and I was I was young yeah. like um, yeah you know so there's different things and 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 my family members they've had traumatic experiences and it, you know it kind of like played out into into other things so so having all of that happen and and getting to college and being on my own and uh, I, it just it just kind of like got up to a limit where I just could not handle it. so I was walking yeah. that area, going to my dorm and on the path to my dorm there's like a baseball field. So i walked that days off and i fell out <laughs> like wow. I fell out i couldn't breathe i didn't remember not being able to breathe and feeling like um i like i really thought something was medically like physically like right. out of because uh it it manifested into like physical symptoms like every time i would feel overwhelmed with depression i would have pain all up and down my arms mm. you know? I would feel physical pain, like just all up and down my arms and I was walking and I just started hyperventilating and fell out. Oh my Lord, I was, I mean, it's, it's an embarrassing situation, but I couldn't like, you know, no. Yeah. I ran, I remember when I got myself up, I ran to the counselor's office and I said, I don't know what is wrong with me. I was gone, I was crying my eyes out. I need help, I need <laughs> help. Somebody needs to help me. Like and I, it probably was a whole scene because I bust into the office just, ugh, you know, just yeah. real hysterical. And um, I started. Uh, at First, I saw a doctor at my school, and then I saw a counselor. And I was like clinically depressed. I was diagnosed with depression. I had to do the counseling every week. I had to take antidepressants, and we had to find out which would work, like, which ones worked, which ones didn't, because those antidepressants can mess. They mess with your mental health. You feel right you don't feel yourself. You feel off. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I, I was uh, having a hard time. I was completely bombing at school for the first time in my life. I was like falling out, and I've never wow. ever been like anything less than an eight, like a you know excellent student. So like it was just a lot of uh, just stuff happening, and and at the time I was I was still I was saved throughout all of this, and right. I think a lot of times I was in church we, we, and it's times, it's periods where I backslid, it's periods where I wasn't living my best life for Christ. But even when I was, I still was battling depression. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? A lot of times, um, and I can't say every church because every church, some churches do a really good job of teaching about this stuff. Right. But a lot of uh, times we think that depression is just some demon you can rebuke and it's going to go away. Right. Like, I mean, and I'm not trying to say it's not a spiritual aspect because I, I definitely believe it's the enemy attacking, like you know what I mean. Yeah. The other part of it is it can be like a chemical imbalance. And sometimes you do need the medication to like kind of help balance you out. My story is that I was going through severe depression for four years. Mm. Asking God for deliverance, asking God for healing. You know, it got to a point where I was so depressed, I didn't go to church. I didn't go anywhere. I wouldn't go hang out with friends. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want you to see me. I'm going to be asleep all day. Like I um um after that first year, I thought that I needed a dramatic change. I like transferred schools. I thought that having a different environment would help me. It did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was depressed in the school, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So um it's just a a lot of different, a lot of different things happened there. And it it took a period of four years. So over four years of praying, um, eventually I got back to a point where I was, I was going to church and I was getting back in, you know, uh, being in the fellowship with other believers. Um, And at that point, I guess from 2005 to 2009, by the end of 2009, I got to a point where, I can't, it's not a formula. I can't kind of say like one event happened where all of a sudden I was free, but the Lord, he freed me from that severe depression. Now, yeah. severe depression, it, it's because it's like a mental health thing. I still kind of like, it's, it's a place I visit. It's not a place that I stay. Listen. Right. Because the, the enemy
1: he tries to come back to what was comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a time where where it was such bondage that I was always there, like constantly. Um, Like, I felt like it wasn't worth my, like, I didn't know what my life was worth. Like, you know what I mean? And I felt like, I just felt rejected, you know. And um, it got to a point where the Lord, he just, he just, I I can't even say, like, kind of what happened, but he got me out of it. Let's just say Mm -hmm. that got me out of it. I didn't have to, I was okay not to have to take the medicine, the medicine anymore. Um, and I was fine without it. And I wasn't on the medication the whole four years, but I, it was a significant amount of time that I had to be on antidepressants and he got, he got me out of it. And when mm-hmm. people talk to other people about it who are going through it now, I can really relate. i I'm like, look, what I learned from that is to, I'm going to say to kind of like wait on God. And that's a lesson I'm always learning because I'm not I didn't like learn it and get it and now I'm like all of a sudden I have perfect patience. You know what I mean? Right. But um I learned that back to what I said, me and my husband kind of talked about before that God will keep you even during a dark time. Yeah, yeah, he you know, will. You can't you think you may think like I'm not gonna make it out of this situation. Yeah. Like but he's the he's the God who comes alongside, he's the God who delivers you. And yeah. he's also who comes alongside you and he's with you through it while you're going yeah. through it, you're going
1: yeah. through. It. Look at look at the story of Job, you know, mm-hmm. when the, the the enemy came and the Lord said, You could do anything to his body except touch his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except touch his life. And so literally, you know, some things it has to happen because I keep telling you, Donnie, there's a huge deliverance and healing anointing that is on your life literally and the lord says as soon as you step up he can step in as soon as you step you gonna- up he can step in seriously as soon as you step up he can step in i'm
0: about to cry i'm getting emotional because i'm sorry.
1: Because (laughs) I'm sorry, it's the word of the Lord though. It's the word of the Lord. As soon as you step up, he can step in because there's a mandate, literally, literally everything. The Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called to his purpose. A lot of people quote that, but they don't really understand the revelation behind it. All things, not some things, not the good things, not the bad things. The Bible says all things all things and even though you you might have not thought of I might have not thought it was good for us but it worked for us because literally it's for us to gain the access to what God put on the inside of us and every time you go up another level there's another break in there's another break in you know and so literally you know God is going to use you literally in these last days to really go back go back and get those women and those men you know who look like you who look like you? That, and I mean, who look like you? Meaning, you'll be able to identify because that's one thing, you know, a spirit knows a spirit, you know. And literally, when you struggle with that spirit, you're able to identify you because that's something that you're, uh, you know, accumulated with, you're accustomed to. And so, literally, you know, God is saying, as soon as you step up, He can step in. He can step in and literally do what it what it is that He needs to do. You know, for the earth, because there's a, I'm trying to say it's a mandate on your life. It's a mandate on your life. But go ahead. Continue.
0: You just encouraged me because you um, I had a couple of words, prophetic words, and you were right in line with what was said to me. And it's just a reminder. Like, I mean, the Lord, he always knows how to remind you yeah. of, of his love and the things he said. And he definitely just used you to remind me of something. Yeah, so got me to Kind of cry on here. But <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but if it happens, it happens. It's
1: okay. It's okay.
0: It's, it's just I don't know, man. The Lord, the Lord is good. So He, he got me. Like I said, it's a place that sometimes I, I go, but He's allowed me to recognize when I am feeling uh, down and kind of like what to do to prevent myself from going off on a deep end. <laughs> like right. you know what I mean, as far as like in my my thought life. So, so I thank the Lord for that. Um, and he's allowed a lot of songs to come from that. Cause, um, I, I didn't get to say you already know, but I, I do sing and write and stuff like that. And the Lord, um, that's been a battle girl. I'll tell you about that. But, <laughs> but um, it's been a struggle. Um, he's allowed me to express kind of like, uh, to write songs about his deliverance power, his healing yeah. power. So he's delivered me from that. Uh, he's delivered me from quite a few things and 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 his you know his his healing power so like uh speaking of healing power so i have a two-year-old um he's he's two and a half um i'm married and um we have a testimony about that i was um i got married in may 2015 so i've been married we just celebrated our five year (laughs) and um crazy story crazy story but let me tell you about this so when when my when i got married i started to have like um i guess some minor some health problems i guess you could say something minor but i didn't know what kind of like what it was um We were trying to conceive, uh, regular, like nothing really extreme, but, but like in the natural way. And, um, for some reason I was, I wasn't getting pregnant. So, uh, we tried to wait like a couple of months or whatever to kind of see like, uh, what was going on. I started to be like really meticulous about like tracking things, you know, uh, when women ovulate, when I ovulate stuff like that. And no matter what I did, I was not conceiving, like I wasn't getting pregnant. So I finally went to the doctor and kind of like talked about other symptoms that I had going on. And um, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. So uh, that diagnosis, ha- diagnosis happened in, I think it was like November, 2015, or mm-hmm. February, uh, somewhere around around that time. Um, I got diagnosed with PCOS. So when that happened, first of all, I never heard of PCOS, didn't know what that was. <laughs> and when I had uh, looked into it and I saw the diagnosis, I like cried. I sat in my car and I just cried because um, they will say that women with PCOS are uh have a very difficult time having children and some of them don't have kids right mm-hmm. but i would i wouldn't say to a person oh you have PCOS, you're never having a kid no that's not true but <laughs> but it just it makes it a little bit more difficult you know what i mean so um so we were i was taking a medication for that you have to take something called metformin which is usually like a diabetes right. thing but it just helps regulate your blood, your blood sugar because people with pcos are insulin resistant most of the time and the weight fluctuates, and a lot of stuff happens. So I had a lot going on, feeling uncomfortable about myself, like you know, different changes happening, and um, and not being able to conceive, and being married, loving my husband, and feeling like we're missing this piece of the puzzle. You know, I'm like, Lord, you said to be fruitful, multiply. How come I can't, you know? How yeah. come I can't, like multiply in that way? So you don't, you don't think like, oh, when I finally get married, I'm going to have an issue having kids. You don't think right. like that. You yeah. know what I mean? And the thing about that is even the way that the way everything that kind of went down leading up to my husband and I getting married. My husband and I grew up in the same church like all our lives. Uh he's three years older than me. We were, we knew each other, but we were not like, you know, because he was like he was like another age, or whatever. Um, but the way the Lord kind of confirmed, um, uh, the Lord prophetically confirmed like our marriage, us being together, um, and just even like the amount of children we would have, like wow. you're going to have the amount of children before I was married, before I was even with my husband, the Lord showed me my kids. I've seen them. I saw them. Like, you know what I mean? So not right. in a dream, not in the like, you know, so that's something where I'm like, I, and the Lord, you know, he speaks people different ways. Right. One of the ways the Lord speaks to me is dreams and visions yeah. and some just other ways. But, um, uh, there's this, uh, I know the Lord's voice. Let's just say that.
1: They understand on this podcast. They understand the prophetic.
0: So So I went to the school of prophetic development in my church. Learned about, uh, learned even more about the voice of God. And, And because I was studying it, the Lord was just saying all types of stuff and doing all kinds of stuff at the time, you know, too. So he, he confirmed that. So for me to have the vision from God, for me to know what the Lord said over my life, didn't said about my children, like who they are, who they're gonna be, and then to go to the doctor and they say, Oh, you have PCOS, you might not, you know, you have a difficult time if you get pregnant. Wow. You, might, you know what I mean? So that that was like really crazy. And and you hear a lot of things, like you hear, you know, um, whose support will you believe? Yeah, you know, you hear all of that and you right. know it being a, being a Christian growing up in church growing up in my own wall of God and knowing God's history with me, how he has done what he said, how he's kept his word, how he kept me, even with all of that information and knowledge, I still had doubt and I still was like, kind of like really shocked and taken aback by that. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I had a difficult time. The Lord had told my husband, um, right before a diagnosis "It's time for you, pretty much it's time for y'all to have kids. (laughs) Like, you know Um, what I mean? Like, uh, did and do it so we both were like hmm the lord tells us this and then i have this diagnosis which wow. obviously was a challenge it's like you know what i mean so um we we try everything like the natural way just tracking things uh long story short about i think like 17 months had passed since we had started trying and uh and and I got to a point where I was battling with: Is it okay for me to go to see a fertility specialist? Right. I, I like, you know, being super, I'm from like the Pentecostal tradition, and I'm real deep on certain things. Or <laughs> like, like my first inclination will be like, is it faith if I go to the fertility clinic, or is it like not faith? You know what oh, I mean? wow. I was wow. battling, I was battling right. with that. So my pastor, he does an excellent job about teaching about um, the difference between faith and presumption. And I, and my conclusion was that it doesn't mean I don't have faith if I go see a right. in the situation, right. like, you know what I mean? So I went and then we, they kind of like discussed the plan. Are you going to, they're going to start me on this, this medication, uh, it's a medication that helps you ovulate because then we found out that I wasn't ovulating or if I was, ovulating, it just wasn't happening at normal intervals, you know? So, um, um, we tried two or three rounds of that. I did ovulate, but I didn't get pregnant. Mm. So then I said, you know what? I'm taking a break. Am I taking none of this medicine? <laughs> like I'm not doing any of this. I've kind of got I got to the point where I was like, Lord, you do your thing. If it happens now, happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I know what you said. I know I'm having right. kids. So maybe like five months have passed after that, or six months. Wow. No no medicine, nothing. And I go in. Because they're about to start me on uh, the medicine again. So I go and we're talking about doing it again, trying again. And they said, well, let's just take this blood test. We want to see if you have what your levels are, yada, yada, yada. So it's the day of my graduation from the prophetic school of prophetic. School. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm on my way to the graduation. I get a call. And uh, she's the nurse is telling me, like, this is what your levels are. Then she says, wait a minute. Hold on. Puts me on hold. Comes back and says, You're pregnant right now. I said, No. She's like, Yeah. My okay. God. I have no medicine, nothing. I was clean and clear of everything for months. And I was already pregnant. Didn't even need to go and do another, wow. <laughs> do another treatment of, you know, another medication for ovulation. nothing. So I started, I had to pull my car over and just start praising God. Like, <laughs> wow. Mind wow. you, in my prophetic class, had prophesied the week before that I was about to be pregnant or I was pregnant. Wow, I feel God.
1: <laughs> like, you know, wow. I, mean?
0: so I was like, I was like, all right, well everybody's been prophesying about this. What is it gonna happen? Like you know what I, mean? right. <laughs> so, so I actually like really was I was pregnant. So the Lord blessed, we call him he's London Jr. We call him the promise because the Lord promised him and even though it took like almost two years later he can you know he came.
1: So
0: I don't know how much time we have. I know we're like on an hour, so I don't want to keep yeah.
1: going. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is our time. But that, Donnie, yeah. it was, that was, it was your testimony was so amazing. And I'm going to tell you this in closing, as you were talking about, um, you know, the, the ongoing thing about the baby. And I heard mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit say, he, she showed me you like touching wounds. And he said, the wounds that you're going to touch and you're just going to say live and people are going to be getting pregnant and people that are having difficulties. And by you saying, just live their babies are going to live. And it's it's so crazy because, you know, at the time when we were going through things, we can't really see what God sees. You know, we only see the fig, but God sees the tree. You know, we only see the seed, but God sees the fruit. And so at the time we like, God, but I can't see it. I can't see it. I can't see it. And it's not until after this, you know, everybody keeps saying after this, it's not until after this, until we come out of it that we can see me like, oh, wow, God, this is why this happened, you know, and literally God, I thank you because literally of you even going through what you went through of, of that process. It was so bad. I'm trying to tell you the healing and anointing that is on your life that God is going to use you in so many realms, like so many realms of healing and anointing. It's not going to just be one basic, oh, come out, you know. No, it's going to be life, like speaking to to dry bones, you know, and even issues with women with infertility. You know why? Because that's what you carry. You've been through that. Amen. You've been through that. You know, it's not like you're just saying it because you. It's cliche. You've been through that. And so literally when you go through different things and you you pass them successfully and God elevates you, you carry that. You know, you carry that. And so literally, you know, God is going to use you in so many different ways. I'm so serious. I'm not just saying this. Like, literally, I heard it. I saw it, everything of the things, not all the things, but some of the things that God is going to do literally. But I told you what he said, just the instructions, because prophecy always comes comes with instructions. When you step up, he can step in and you know what that means. I do. <laughs> we, we don't gotta, you know, do it for the for the life. You you know what that means. So it's like literally, and I'm I'm just excited to to literally see um what, what God is going to do. God God, I thank you, because he's saying according to your faith. According to your faith. According to your faith. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm excited. I'm excited that you came on here um to, to share your testimony because the enemy was trying to keep your mouth closed. He was trying to keep your mouth closed. And we haven't talked. So I'm not speaking off of a conversation. I'm just speaking off of what I'm hearing the Lord saying, you know, and what he's showing me. And he was trying to keep your mouth closed because truly of what you carry. It's a threat to his kingdom. You're a threat to his kingdom. You've always been a threat to his kingdom. And that's why he's tried to stop you, you know, since the day that you came into this world. And even that spirit of abandonment and rejection that he tried to place on you at an at a early age. And that stemmed from, thank you, Holy Spirit, from you going into to foster care and you not having that mom and dad. How do I know it? Because I experienced it too. So I can, I, a spirit knows the spirit. I can identify it because especially me, I grew up, my mom died at 7 months. You know, I never knew my dad, you know, until I was 16. And so I always felt like an orphan. You know, even though my grandmother raised me, you know, I she still could never take the place of my mother. You get what I'm saying? And and I so I can I can understand, I can relate to you about that abandonment and rejection and it took me to the age of 33 literally to get free from it. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to you as well, you know, how long it took. People think it's like a, oh, you just got to believe. No, that Mm -hmm. thing is serious. And especially when everybody got to thank you, everybody reaches that level of faith and believing at an appointed time Mm -hmm. and God knows what he's doing the same way. And I'll give people Bible to back this up the same way with David, you know, the day that Samuel anointed David, he had all three anointings, all Mm -hmm. three. But David did not operate in the king's anointing until the appointed time because he was immature. Amen. So God can't give us things so early because one, we're not ready for it. We didn't pay the price to be able to tap into that realm that we're supposed to tap. And you get what I'm saying? And yeah. so literally... All of the, the, the we call it trauma, but it's it's really the process. It's the breaking. All of that breaking, you know, that we had to go through is to be able to to be broken, to step in, to get access of the thing that God wants us to utilize. And every time we go up, there's another breaking. Amen. There's another break-in. You know, there's another break-in. Because some people think, okay, yep, the anointing is here. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. I've arrived. I'm about to just come out here. Miracle signs and wonders. Uh-uh, baby. Because as soon as God says, okay, you mastered that level. We got through that. You're comfortable now. Yeah. So now i got to take you up a little bit. And now i got to take you through some more things. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and literally, you know, it's 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 a process. It's a process. And I just say to God be the glory, you know, that, that the, the Lord even allowed this to happen for you to, to come out, you know, yes. to, uh. to come out, you know, literally, because Lord. it was like, I see you like in a cocoon, you know, mm-hmm. but now it was like a butterfly, you know, and of course the butterfly immediately doesn't fly right away. But some encounters are even coming to your house. The Lord say, God, I thank you. He's about to do another encounter. He's about to blow your mind all over again, because God is saying, I'm going to use this to boost your faith first.
0: You don't know how much you ministering to right now. You have like, I don't know. (laughs) Let me tell you,
1: God is using you, man. (laughs) Only Jesus. It's only Jesus. But he's going to boost your faith first. Boost your faith first. He's going to do it for you first. For you first, for you first. He's saying a new oil, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing and refinery. He's refining some things, refining some things, tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning your ears, eyes, everything, everything. He said you felt overlooked. You even still suffer sometimes with rejection. He said, I have not overlooked you. I have not overlooked you. I have not overlooked you, but I've saved you for such a time as as this. He calls you Esther. He says, rise up Esther, rise up Esther. He's even saying, pick up your mat and walk, walk, pick up your mat and walk. It's time for you to pick up your mat and walk, walk. He says, speak to your dry bones, speak to your dry bones. Call it. Call it out. Be as so Mm -hmm. as it is. is. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. It's time. It's already performed in the heavens. The Lord said, it's time now. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. now." Literally, the time is now. And and even the Lord is saying something about lost time. Like you felt like there was lost time. He said there was no lost time. He said it was no lost time. It was no lost time. It was no lost time. He said, he said, I am the controller of time. And literally he said, I caused you to feel like that. So you can see what others feel like that, that you can tell them. No, it was no lost time. It had to happen. 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 happen. For every glory, there's a story. Thank you, Jesus. For every glory, there's a story. You can't walk in glory without no story. You can't, you can't, you can't walk in glory without no story. There's How always a back story to God's glory. God, I thank you. Always, 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 Jesus. always, always, always. And I even hear him saying something about a daughter. Come on, about want, a daughter. I don't even know. Oh Jesus, about a daughter. <laughs> about a daughter. God, I thank you. Only Jesus. About a daughter. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Only Jesus. 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 It's time for you, baby. It is time. And if I got to call you every once in a while, push you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to definitely do it because it's time. It's time. It's time. He says gracefully broken, gracefully really broken he's gracefully really broken you for such a time as this it's your time it's your time it's your time it's your time, it's your time. you didn't done poured in this he said he showed me you didn't pour so much into, into other people but you didn't believe it for yourself Hallelujah. you didn't believe it for yourself he said but as it is he said according to your faith come on devil lose my tongue according to your faith according to your faith Faith without works is dead according to your faith, to your faith, to your faith. And it is so. And it is so. And it is so. That's the word of the Lord. That's Hallelujah. the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word Hallelujah. of the Lord. But I promise you, in three days, you're going to have a testimony. God is about to give you some encounters encounters of refreshing encounters. I don't know why I see like white curtains in your house. And like a sliding door, like I see the wind blowing, blowing the curtains. Hallelujah. Encounters. Encounters. And can, he said he's coming down himself. Encounters. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Encounters. Encounters. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes. I know with this get this word like this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know what's coming either, but I just heard him. I said, "Lord, I gotta release it because if oh, not, God. it's blood on my hands." Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Save the Lord. It's time. It's time. It's time for a lot of people to be honest. There's yes. a lot of people um that have been in the cave, and the Lord said, "It's time to come out." You're not strange. It's time to come out. You know, it's time to come out. And literally, even for myself, you know, somebody had to push me out too. When the Lord had to do the rest of the work, He always sends an intercessor, and that's what the enemy doesn't count on. He doesn't count on an intercessor. He don't. He don't count on an intercessor. He counts on doing, you know, the the things that he's doing. You know what he's assigned to do, but he doesn't count on that intercessor. He doesn't count on that right hook coming, you know, know, he don't count on that at all, you know, and I, and I just thank God for the intercessors because even for the intercessors in this season, they are important and are needed. They are needed because people overlook them. You know, they just look at the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists. The intercessors plays an important part, you know, truly they play it. And all of us, you know, everybody don't have the gift of intercession, but everybody has the gift of prayer. Everybody can pray. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody can pray, you know, but God can anoint anybody for the reason, you know, and for the season. Literally, I've seen Mm -hmm. him do it. So Mm -hmm. you stay in coverage, you know, you stay in coverage, you know, and keep pressing, you know, because you've been a gem in my life. You know, and, and I mean that wholeheartedly, you know, you've you've been a gem in my life, literally, especially at a time that I needed it the most. Like I didn't even know at that young age you know, that I was in bondage or that I was entrapped, even though I still had to go through my journey, you know, but I wanted to be free that day. I really did. I said, God, I want to be free. And I was just happy that I was there, you know, in the environment that the atmosphere was set and that you were used. And I know what what you can do in God, because I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. So be blessed. You stay encouraged. I thank you um, for coming on and sharing your testimony and being so brave because this stuff is not easy. <laughs> not, thank you so much, it's not easy at all. And yeah. I thank you guys also for tuning into the Dope Girls Free podcast. You have just tuned in for Testimony Tuesdays. I'm your host, Kamisha H., and our guest speaker for tonight was Miss Danielle Houston, aka Miss Danny. <laughs> Y'all look out for her, she's coming now. She is, she is. And you guys have a good night, be blessed.